Welcome to the Morning Scroll. I'm Rabbi Dina Cowens from Mishkan, Chicago, and you're listening to what will be a quick dive into this week's Parsha. If you've been meaning to brush up on your Jewish literacy or you're looking for some inspiration, you've come to the right place. This week we read Parshat Vayigash, He Approached, in which Joseph and his family get physically and emotionally closer. First, a little recap. Last week ended on a cliffhanger with Joseph holding Benjamin hostage after framing him for stealing a goblet. This week's Parsha begins with Judah begging Joseph to release Benjamin, saying Jacob would be distraught to lose him. Judah asks to be taken as a slave in Benjamin's place, and Joseph breaks down and reveals himself to his brothers. He asks about their father, then reassures them that it was God's plan that he be sold into slavery. Joseph sends them back to Canaan with gifts and asks them to bring Jacob down to Egypt to see him, so off they go. God promises Jacob not to worry about going down to Egypt because they will become a great nation there and God will bring them back to Canaan, though maybe in retrospect, Jacob should have pushed him a little bit on this point. The whole clan arrives in Egypt and Pharaoh gives them land in the area of Goshen. The famine gets worse and the Egyptians go into debt slavery to Pharaoh to afford food, but Jacob and co are fine and get prosperous in Goshen. After Joseph reveals himself to the brothers, not like reveals himself, reveals himself, but like reveals who he is. They're literally shocked into silence, and then Joseph says something that's pretty surprising. He tells the brothers that they shouldn't feel guilty for selling him into slavery because all along God's plan was for him to precede them down to Egypt, rise to power, and ultimately be the person who saves the region from famine and death. Multiple times in this short speech, Joseph assures his brothers that it was actually God who sent him to Egypt, not them. Honestly, I found this speech shocking. For a trauma survivor like Joseph to confront his abusers, the people who seem obviously most directly responsible for his trauma and tell them they had no fault, it's beyond my comprehension. Judaism believes strongly in forgiveness, and traditional commentators have understood Joseph's test of the brothers, the whole incident with insisting they bring down Benjamin and then framing him, as Joseph's way of trying to ascertain if the brothers have really changed. So I could understand Joseph saying he forgives his brothers, but to tell them they were never at fault at all feels a step way past forgiveness. Why would he say this even if he had deep faith in God? In the book, The Sunflower, Holocaust survivor Simon Wiesenthal tells a story of when he was a Nazi prisoner and a dying Nazi soldier asked Wiesenthal for forgiveness for his crimes. Wiesenthal ponders whether he can and should forgive the soldier. And in the book, 53 theologians, trauma survivors, and philosophers offer their takes on whether they could offer forgiveness. It's telling that only 10 out of the 53 respondents believe in forgiveness in this case. One of the few who does argue for full forgiveness is Desmond Tutu, the South African archbishop and human rights activist. He writes that, It's clear that if we only look to retributive justice, then we could just as well close up shop. Forgiveness is practical politics. Without forgiveness, there is no future. I don't want to suggest that all trauma survivors should just forgive their abusers to move on. Far from it. And, within the narrative of the Torah... Perhaps Joseph needs to follow Tutu's line. If he, as our protagonist, cannot or does not forgive and pardon his brothers at least a little bit, the rest of the Torah's stories would become very hard for us to hold on to. If the brothers remain culpable for their actions, if this story is not the ultimate will of God, perhaps we could just blame the brothers not only for Joseph's suffering, but also for the hundreds of years of slavery, the wandering in the desert, really the rest of the Torah. We might want to reject the last thousands of years of Jewish history and hold them in contempt as ancestors. King David came from the tribe of Judah. We might want to reject him. The great prophets and Jewish figures, we all come from the tribes of Judah, Benjamin, and Levi. In other words, 
sometimes we might need to express some forgiveness to keep moving forwards. The question I'm left sitting with then is how do we balance between wanting to move past our traumas and not letting perpetrators off the hook? We don't know what kind of hurts Joseph holds on to for the rest of his life, but in this moment, he clearly decides that, like Tutu says, without some kind of forgiveness, there is no future. So consider this your invitation. What anger do you hold that you could let go of? And what anger do you need to hold on to because it's righteous and propels you forward? 